Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast with me, Simon Miller. The clue is in the name. Now, if you aren't watching this on YouTube, I do have to apologize. It's it's always the way these things. We are meant to record this uh, sort of live as I did them on a camera for YouTube. My camera has just utterly exploded today. It was a reason that I got ups and downs a bit late to what culture for Raw today. It just went utterly kaput. So I'm trying to sort that out at the moment, but it does mean I'm cameraless. And I would use my webcam... But my webcam, for some reason, has horrible lag. And that's why I don't like... It's just frustrating. So I thought, well, there's no point doing that. There's no point, you know... No, Everyone's going to get annoyed watching a mouth not synced up uh, with the picture. So I thought, you know, screw it. We'll just, we'll just put it up as audio for today. Because what I don't want to do is... I don't want to not do it. That would be ridiculous, right? It's much better to do it than to not do it. So I thought, screw it, we'll do that. Uh, now, as always, this is Tuesday, the brand new, the brand new format for Simon's Pro Wrestling Podcast. So we will go through WWE Raw. But before I did that, I thought it would be a fun, given that you know neither John Cena or the Undertaker are on this show, but the rumors are there and they're mumbling and they're building and people keep talking about it. It would be nice to have a quick chat about John Cena versus the Undertaker, which apparently is the match that WWE wants to do at WrestleMania 34. Comes with it a lot of questions. Namely, do we want to see The Undertaker back uh, after last year when he left his hat and coat in a ring? You know, very very big visual, very poignant, very hard-hitting. And, you know, if it is going to be one of The Undertaker's last matches, which we just don't know anymore, but let's assume that it is, who wins? I mean, John Cena's hanging around, I suppose, for at least a little bit longer, you'd imagine. Otherwise, you should make a big deal out of that. I mean, I'm sure it'd be more part-time, as we can already tell. You don't know what's going to happen with The Undertaker. And maybe that's why it's a good match, because you don't really know in which direction WWE can go. I mean, is, is Undertaker really going to lose three matches at WrestleMania? I know that's kind of past the point at this stage, because he's lost two. He's like, well, why not lose a third? But, you know, the more matches he does lose, the more that streak becomes less of a thing. And that's always the way I get it. Like, the more you move into the future, anything that's accomplished in the past does, does lose the shine a little bit if you've lost once, that is. But I still think a lot of people have a problem with it, especially if John Cena got a win over him. Imagine the three people that got a win over The Undertaker. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and John Cena. Oh, it would annoy everybody. But I think it's interesting. And also, like you know, the backup plan, for lack of a better term, is actually meant to be John Cena versus AJ Styles. Like all rumors and speculation, but apparently Vince McMahon didn't think that was big enough for WrestleMania. And he could be right in the sense that we've seen it three times. It'd have a, have a great match. But I also think the WrestleMania card overall would be better if it was John Cena Undertaker and then Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, you know, somewhere else on the card. I think that's a more interesting. It's a better use of all the talent that you may have at your disposal. We're going to know in a few weeks. Apparently, if there is any, I said apparently a lot, hashtag apparently. But apparently, if any angle is going to be set up, it'll be at the Raw 25th anniversary show that's happening in a few weeks. Uh, you know, the long, the long touted idea is the Undertaker comes out to finally say he's going to retire. And then John Cena pops his head up and goes, no, 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 dead man. One more match with me at WrestleMania. And I think that should be quite good. I think we'll get people talking. I think it'll be people excited. Whether or not it'll be a good match, I don't know. That's a completely different argument for a different time. But, you know, they are the rumblings. And, you know, we'll keep talking about it in the weeks leading up to that 25th anniversary show. But the more I think about it, the more I like it. 
I think it kind of balances out the card a bit. And I also think that would probably go on last, which means when Roman Reigns finally does beat Brock Lesnar, that's not the last thing you see on WrestleMania. And I think that would help a lot. I know it's stupid not to have your universal title or WWE title as the main event, but I think there's something to that. I think that's not the worst idea in the world to finish with John Cena versus The Undertaker. I know they did that last year as well with Roman Reigns versus The Undertaker, but that's okay. It's The Undertaker. And I, I just think that would help negate the potential negativity for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, which, let's face it, if that does happen, people are going to shit on. I don't think all of a sudden now we're going to have a, a Roman Reigns that doesn't get booed. But we'll have to wait and see. But I like it. I like the idea. Um, and I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see where we go. And that Raw 25th anniversary, I mean, you know, segueing into Raw somewhat, is building up to pre a pretty damn good show because on Raw, they confirm The Undertaker's going to be there, Ric Flair's going to be there, Shawn Michaels going to be there, Jim Ross is going to be there, Jerry Lawler, and of course, the confirmation that Stone Cold Steve Austin's going to be there. And that is a big deal because I can't even remember the last time he was on WWE TV. I think it was ages ago now. I mean, I could be absolutely wrong, but I'm not, you know... I'm. To me, it feels, like, it feels like it's been a while, and that excites me. That excites me a lot. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, maybe even get Bret Hart on there. They're my two favorites. I don't know what I mean, Bret Hart always seems to be. <laughs> seems to be out of sorts in, in some sense. But, you know, given that you've got the, the, the two building location thingy, and you've got the two commentary teams, that's obviously where JR and Jim Ross will sit. JR and Jim Ross. JR and Jerry the King Lawler will sit. So I think it's exciting. I, I think it could be a really good show. And if we're going to start WrestleMania angles on there, we're going to build to the Royal Rumble and do a load of fun with that. And I thought this Raw that we're about to talk about was also a good show. I think WWE's in pretty good shape at the moment. And everything to do on SmackDown with Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon. And all of this coming off the back of Wrestle Kingdom. I apologize I didn't get Wrestle Kingdom uh, a podcast up last week. It was my intent. Um, we won't get into the nitty gritty why. Something came up. I had to be away fr from my house. But look, the main thing is these two will go up. And we'll also have a Q&A episode this week to make up for the fact there was no... Um, New Japan episode but I am sorry but of course if you want to get my thoughts on New Japan you can head over to What Culture on YouTube uh, what, culture, what Culture Wrestling I should say and you can watch my ups and downs and you can see that I thought it was a great show my favourite match was either Goto Suzuki or Omega Jericho I thought they were both great I like Naito versus uh, Akada I didn't mind that Akada won and I thought you know in hindsight when you look back on it after that finish it was an awesome match but maybe the build was a little too slow for my tastes but I think we're in a great position with wrestling right now. I think New Japan is kicking ass. I'm enjoying what WWE is doing. And that's always my point with this kind of thing, is that I don't mind that New Japan isn't, or that WWE isn't New Japan. I'm perfectly cool with that. Because I'm not saying this would happen, but there's the potential that New Japan wouldn't be as good if it felt like WWE. I like that we have these separate brands. That's the problem that TNA almost fell into, is it felt too much like WWE. I was like, oh, I may as well watch WWE. Whereas New Japan feels like New Japan... And WWE feels like WWE. And I think, that's, I think that's really important. So I always find it strange when people go, oh, WWE is so much worse than this. It's not worse. It's just different. I'm not saying they do everything perfectly, but there should be a market for both. And I actually think them having their own niches helps both of them. Because if I watch New Japan, or the other way around, if I watch WWE as well as like New Japan and I watch Wrestle Kingdom, maybe I wouldn't enjoy it as much. I'm not saying that WWE will be able to pull that off. I'm just talking in hypotheticals here. So anyway, Monday Night Raw from last night, I thought overall was a very good show. I thought they did a good job with it. I thought they introduced a lot of interesting storylines. And I, I mostly enjoyed it, to be honest, from, from top to bottom. I mean, there were a few things on there that were stupid, which we'll get into. I mean, being a contradictory so-and-so straight away, didn't like the start. I, I divided up, again, what's a, what, go watch my What Culture Ups and Downs to kind of 
go specifically. But I, I, I would break the opening section into two different parts because I thought the very first bit with Roman Reigns and Jason Jordan just bickering and Seth Rollins arriving was just... I don't know, there's something about this dynamic I don't like, especially when Roman Reigns and Jason Jordan kind of fit into that baby face that gets booed all the time vibe. So I'm not massively... I don't know, to me... I get it. It's not really WWE's fault because Dean Ambrose got injured and they're trying to book on the fly, I guess, to a certain extent. It, just something about it to me is just not compelling and not necessarily something I need to see. However, the second half was that Balor, Gallows and Anderson came out pretty much underlined that, yes, they are now the Balor Club. It wasn't just something for last week, which I don't ever think that it was going to be. That would be a bit weird. And eventually they got booked in a six-man tag between the two. Now, I thought that was odd because we probably could have built to that for a show after the Royal Rumble or something. I think that's quite a decent match, but whatever. And I think that's the most exciting thing here. You know, everyone knows about Finn Balor's difficult end to 2017, we'll say. The rumor was he was meant to headline the Royal Rumble with Brock Lesnar. But I think this may serve him better in the long run, given that he would have lost to Brock Lesnar. He was there as a stepping stone. Whereas, you know, with Gallows and Anderson as the Balor Club, that could actually have more potential upside in the long term, you would argue. Potentially, maybe, who knows? We'll have to wait and see. So maybe that actually comes out for the best when Finn Balor is concerned. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know whether the WWE needs to look into changing how it starts Raw, given that they start Raw exactly the same each week and it's just a different person that comes out. I mean, I guess it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, lots of TV shows have styles and, and segments that they, that they uh, you know, a structure, I guess. They, they fit into a structure. Like, you know, we've all seen Friends and Seinfeld and things like that, and they have uh, nods each and every week. So I guess it's not that bad. I just think sometimes it does feel, yeah, a little bit, well, just a little bit too samey, you know, and that's, that's, that's never good. You know, you, you want things to feel exciting and fresh, but it's fine. I think it was good to establish the Balor Club as the Balor Club, you know, get all that down, and WWE did a good job. Ooh, excuse me, <laughs> smack my spoon. Uh, WWE did a good job throughout the night with doing that. It had a couple of backstage segments where they two sweet each other, talked about their past, their present, the future, all this kind of stuff. So that will be interesting to see how they all get on. Then we segued into a match that really just pissed me off straight away. It was Sasha Banks and Bailey going against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, and Bailey uh, Banks just won. Sorry, Banks uh, made Mandy Rose tap out, and that was that. No fanfare, no hoopla. I mean, they all announced they're going to be in the Women's Royal Rumble, including Mickie James. Great. I hope they will have a fun time. But yeah, I was just a bit like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? I thought Absolution were meant to be this hardened group that had come to Raw and they were going to dominate everything. And then here they are just losing in a random match. And maybe that doesn't mean anything. But to me, it confuses me because I don't know what the idea we're trying to get across is. Maybe I'm not meant to care about this at all. I get why Paige is on the show. I think she's still injured from what happened. But yeah, I thought it was really strange, really weird. Just, I don't understand what... These are the women's section I don't like. This felt like another one. We need to get everyone involved. Throw out Mickey James with Sasha Banks and Bailey. Put Mandy Rose and Sonny Deville in a tag team and just let them have a match. Feels empty. Feels like it's not going anywhere. And you don't really do that. Like even Goldust and Cedric Alexander have stories. So I'm sure we could come up with something here, but you know. Whatever. Uh, while I am here as well, I would just like to thank everybody that did join the Patreon over the last seven days. That is much appreciated. If you could throw a dollar into the Patreon, just patreon.com forward slash Simon316, that would be great. And I'm almost at the milestone that I've been trying to get at uh, uh, for a while. So if we can help me get to that milestone and you'll quite see what it is when you log on, that would be awesome. 
uh, some trinkets you'll get as well if you uh, put a certain amount in the pot. Also, please do subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash the Miller Report Rules. Got that wrong last week because I'm an idiot. Silence me more vlogs of all things. People seem to like those and all other manner of nonsense. Go try and get some more criticism, you know, critiques up there soon as well. To do that, on Twitter at Simon316. And please do join the Facebook group. Just search for Simon as Pro Wrestling Podcast. And that's where you can ask all your Q&As. We're going to do a Q&A episode, hopefully today or tomorrow. All the questions are there. If you want to get your two cents in, that's where you head. We then have the 25th anniversary highlight video where Vince McMahon and you know, the whole hospital skit with Mankind and Steve Austin. Still brilliant. Still that bedpan noise hitting is one of the greatest things ever. And they announced that Ron Simmons, JBL, so the Acolytes or APA, whatever, and the Dudley Boys are going to be on that show as well. Great. The more the merrier, I suppose. Now, we mentioned Goldust. He is now officially a part of 205 Live. I don't know why. <laughs> he clearly weighs more than 205 pounds. I'm pretty sure he's like 6'5". He's a very, very tall man. So, but apparently he's Cedric Alexander's friend, so he's allowed to be there. And you know what? I don't mind if WWE just wants to forget about that rule. Because let's face it, right now, 205 Live needs all the help they can get. Goldust is a superstar. I mean, he's not like a super superstar, it's a weird thing to say. But you know, he's a guy that people know, he's from Raw, and he can add something to, to 205 Live. So anyway, he comes in, he talks to Cedric Alexander and he's all bigging him up, pretending he's Mickey from Rocky and saying Rocky quotes. And look, it was stupid, but it was kind of entertaining. I, I think saying otherwise would be a bit unfair. I think Goldust is pretty good at, you know, whatever he gets given, turning it into something fun was my sort of my takeaway from it. And I enjoyed it. I think, again, it's just usually 205 Live stuff just zooms right by me and I couldn't care less. Whereas at least there was something here to get your teeth into, and Cedric Alexander did quite well with it, and overall, yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. Um, when we got to the match later on, which was Enzo's, I think the real problem with that was the finish. Enzo hurt his ankle, Cedric Alexander beat up on him for a while, but eventually Enzo got counted out, and then Cedric Alexander just stood there like a bit of a doofus. Uh, <laughs> it was just like, what? It was, I don't know, it just fell apart for me. It didn't really come across like this big-time title match or anything like that. And yeah, the finish was just a bit weak. I actually think this was probably the time to take the title off Enzo and then build Goldust and Cedric Alexander into this strange into this strange team. But WWE didn't do that. And instead we... Yeah, Enzo continues on. There was another segment later on where Enzo was in the trainer's room. He was in loads of pain. And then Nia Jax came in. Obviously, he's got to be the big man. So he no-sold it. And as soon as she left, he started screaming. It was cute, right? It was okay. So yeah, all in all... The Cruiserweight stuff at least feels like it's progressed a little bit. Like I, The good thing about integrating other people from Raw means the stories can flow better on Raw. But by this stage, I mean, it really needs an overhaul, if nothing else. I think they cancelled. They had the 205 Live shows. I think they cancelled them. Um, so the 205 Live, live shows, I should say, they got cancelled because of lack of ticket sales. And that's because WWE doesn't treat them as stars. They're incredibly talented performers, but they, you know, they get treated so silly each and every week. And nobody's watching 205 Live, so we should really kind of look into that. Yeah, I, I wasn't 100%. Uh, it doesn't surprise me, is my, is my point. And I think at this you know, new year, it's probably time to think what we can do with the Cruiserweights to make this work. Because it's not working at the moment. The Cruiserweight Classic worked. This didn't. So let's try and, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you cancel it. Let's just come up with something better. That's what I think anyway. We had kind of a cool moment after this because, well, I'm kind of jumping all around the place, but, you know, Matt Hardy, Woken Matt Hardy finally made his debut on Raw in terms of a TV match. Fought Kurt Hawkins, beat him really quickly. I just like watching Woken Matt Hardy f wrestle because he's all weird and crazy, as you'd expect. So that was fine. 
it was the aftermath which made me raise an eyebrow a little bit because it's almost like they've run out of ideas already. Bray Wyatt teleports to the ring, as he's wont to do, and then they just laughed at each other again for ages. Now, when they first did that, I liked it because it was kind of weird and kooky. But the best thing about the broken Matt Hardy stuff was it kind of ch- it changed every week and there was new ideas and all those kind of things. Whereas they've kind of done the same thing for the past few weeks now and it's lost a bit of its muster, it's lost a bit of excitement and it kind of feels like they're out of ideas already, which is madness because you can do whatever you want with Woken Matt Hardy because he's basically a crazy person. And what worries me is that, as always... Maybe Bray Wyatt is dragging this down as, Dre, as Bray Wyatt is want, is want to do. Want to do. That's my new phrase as well. I mean, they're going to have a match. I presume it's going to be at the Raw Rumble. I dread to think how it's going to go because I think Bray Wyatt may win. It, they both feel a bit lost, I think. I don't think this program is being booked in the way it should be booked. You know, there's no substance to it. It's just people laughing at each other because they're both a bit spooky. And I don't ever think that was the appeal of Matt. Well, it was to a certain degree. I don't know. I don't know. Right now, I need more from this, though. I think he's my... You know, I still enjoy Woken Matt Hardy, don't get me wrong, and I'm excited to see what he does next. But this isn't necessarily the best feud. And again, I worry because it's Bray Wyatt, and WWE says I have no idea how to, how to book Bray Wyatt. But look, we'll see what happens at the Royal Rumble. I'm still hoping they team them up. Raw needs tag teams, uh, especially because there's a lot of sort of top stars in the tag team division. So the more tag teams we can have, the better. I know that kind of eradicates the other titles and stuff, but I think Bray Wyatt and Woken Matt Hardy together would be hilarious. So I'd like to see that. It was really weird after this, because Elias came out, and he was doing his whole walking with Elias thing, you know, WWE, and he did his singing thing, and the Miz just came out and said, actually, no, it's Miz TV time. I thought that was a really strange segue. I was like, okay. I know the Miz and Elias had some... Uh, some uh, had a relationship a few months ago or never, but that was just crazy to me. I was like, what, what is that? Uh, but this was basically the Miz announcing he's back on Raw. He's been filming the Marine. He won Wrestler of the Year in Rolling Stone. And Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas were just, you know, wooing over him, be like, oh, the Miz, the Miz, you're great. And they're giving him gifts. It was fine. I mean, the point of it all was to underline that the Miz is going after his IC title. Didn't like what the Shield did to him when they beat him up. He wants Roman Reigns. Later on the night, Kurt Angle suggested on the 25th anniversary show, it will be Roman Reigns versus The Miz for the IC title. That's all okay with me. That's fine. I enjoy The Miz on the mic. You can cut a good promo, as we all know. I mean, that, that that's all it existed. I mean, if we zoom to the end of the night, after the six-way tag match, six-man tag match, we did have The Miz to Rush come out and they beat up the new Shield, I call them. So Jason Jordan, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. So the show goes off there with The Miz to Rush standing tall. Fine. Miz comes back. He's got momentum. Him just being around Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel helps them. And they are quite entertaining, those two. I do like them. So, yeah, you know, I, I actually think everything they're doing there with right, and I wouldn't even mind if he's the one that beats Roman Reigns for the title. And that way you free up Roman Reigns, you know, post-Raw Rumble, or whenever they're going to have their fight, to go after the Universal title at WrestleMania. Because what I don't want to see is IC Champion versus Universal Champion at WrestleMania. Don't want to see it. I don't think the fans want to see it. I think it'd be a bad idea. And I think that The Miz could actually start lending more credibility to that title if it's booked better. Uh, but we will... Yeah, we, we, will see, we will see what happens. Cat um, Angle also teased talking on the Royal Rumble. That at the Women's Royal Rumble, one of the entrants is going to be a lady wrestler that we haven't seen wrestle in ages. So that's quite exciting. It could be Lita. It could be Trish Stratus. It could be, I don't know, Alundra Blaze. But I like that. I thought that was good teasing. It made me more interested in the match. I want to see who they've got. And I think actually the Women's Royal Rumble is going to have more surprises than the men's this year because I can't think of anyone the men could bring back. But the women, I think there's quite a few names. So I thought that was good. That was some good teasing. Then he also did announce the Royal Rumble that Sheamus and Cesaro versus Rollins and Jordan for the tag titles. I almost killed over in my chair. I was like, I can't watch that again. <laughs> I can't. I can't do it. Uh, but I'm going to have to because I will be watching the Royal Rumble. But man, they've got to... They well, maybe they are about to do something with this feud because 
we did then have the bar versus Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews. Nobody, nobody would have bet on the flipping Titus brand winning. And they did. Titus O'Neil rolled up Sheamus and I could not believe it. And then Titus Worldwide went mental, literally went crazy. And all I can think is now they have to be added to that match, which actually kind of makes sense in one way because then, yeah, you've changed the match. You've added a third team and therefore it's not the same match. So that's quite exciting. But with that said, why did WWE do this with these jobber teams? It's like Jinder Mahal over again. I said that on ups and downs. Where all of a sudden, boom, there you go. That you get a win now. Why? <laughs> what the? Oh, it's so strange. It is so strange. So, yeah, I don't... Uh, I have no idea where this is leading. Like, I gave it a down. But you know what? Maybe it is good because pff, who knows where this is going. What a strange booking decision. Sheamus and Cesaro losing to Titus O'Neil and Apollo Crews. That's the biggest win of their careers. Gotta be. I love what they did next, though. Next, we got into universal title building for the Royal Rumble. Uh, so Brock Lesnar comes out with Paul Heyman. Classic stuff. Heyman's there going, Brock's the best. Brock's the best. Doesn't matter what you can do. Brock will win. Cool, great, whatever. Then Kane came out of nowhere. Proper smacked Brock Lesnar one. They brawled to the back. Forget all of that because Braun Strowman was there waiting for them. Braun Strowman absolutely killed them. He threw them through tables. Some objects fell on Lesnar's head. It was a proper, proper destruction by a massive man, which I always like to see on professional wrestling. Uh, and it ended... You know, with Braun Strowman walking off, Kane couldn't really get to his feet, and Lesnar did a stretcher job, which I thought really added to Braun Strowman, because you know, it's Brock Lesnar, he's been built up so much. Obviously, he refused to go to hospital, Brock, because he's, he's Brock Lesnar. But this was the perfect way to build to that match. It's three giant dudes, I want to see them whip each other's ass. And that's what they did. And Kane, no, who had, so Brock Lesnar came out on top last week, is that right? Because he chased Kane away, I think. So now this week, Braun Strowman can come on top. Next week, Kane can come on top. Fine. That's fine. i got no problem with that. Sure, it's a bit stereotypical and, and ticks the boxes, but I'm okay with that. i got no problem with that whatsoever. I thought this was really well done. Made me more excited about that match, and that's the whole point. If you do that, you won me over. Bizarrely, then Samoa Joe made Rhino tap out to the Kahita Clutch. I was like, <laughs> okay. It lasted about two minutes. It was so weird. I know they're still doing the storyline that you know Rhino's trying to toughen up. He's Slayer, but it felt so jarred in. Oh, it was crazy. Hilarious. So out of nowhere, but it was fine because this meant that Samoa Joe could cut another promo, which he did afterwards. He called out John Cena of all people. So he's going to try and take him out of the Royal Rumble. I'm all right with the John Cena, Samoa Joe feud for a while. And also, it doesn't matter what you give Joe. It doesn't matter what you give him. You could get him to say, eggs are wonderful. I have them every day. And he would make it sound like the most evil and badass thing ever. He's such a good promo. Every week I see Joe do this. I'm just so happy that he's managed to, to get to where he was. Because remember, he was just meant to be an NXT dude. And now here he is. Smashing the lot of them. What was next? I can't remember. You know, I did like what they did next. I like it when they focus on people. That's why this was good. So Alexa Bliss basically manipulated Nia Jax and said, look, Asuka's been saying stuff about you. Whispers in her ear. Nia Jax gets all mad. So as Asuka's going, going out for a match, Nia Jax interrupted her entrance and just whooped her too. That was good. For once, the first time in ages, Nia Jax comes across like a monster. And that was phenomenal. I was like, this is, this is good stuff. This is what I want. So I like that a lot. Apparently going to build to a match next week. And I'm, all, I mean, I'm okay with that if Nia Jax loses. Because that's just going to help Oscar. And right now that seems to be what the deal is. If I see Jax beat the shit out of Oscar, then Oscar finds a way to come back and make a tap or whatever, that would be great. I'd be well up for that. So I'll have to wait and see. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But that was a good angle. It's a good angle. It helped Alexa, um, Alexa Bliss versus the Asaka thing. Asoka, don't know who that is. 
and it, you know, it, it used Nia Jax on that show to the ability you want to see her used in. So I was really, really pleased with that. I thought that did well. This is when I go on the internet and find out everybody else thought it was rubbish. But I, <laughs> I liked it. Then we had the main event, and it was fine. You know, Ballad Club versus The New Shield. You know, the, the, again, the ongoing story was Jason Jordan. He's trying to be buddy-buddy, but all he's doing is pissing off Rollins and Reigns. Uh, Reigns and Jordan had yeah Reigns and Jordan yeah had a big argument on the outside. This distracted Seth. Seth gets attacked by Finn. The Balor Club wins, and that's fine. I don't mind a distraction for this in this sense because it's so important the Balor Club win here. Because what I'm hoping, as I already said, the Balor Club actually get a big push. I like the fact that Gallows and Anderson are being used properly. They're awesome. Finn Balor obviously know you know can do the job pretty damn well. And now they've got a win. doesn't matter what happened. They still have a win over Seth Rollins, Jason Jordan, and Roman Reigns, who are kind of, even though not really because of the booing, but they're kind of the biggest baby faces on Raw. I don't know which kind of side the Ballad Club's going to fit into, be it faces or heels, but I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of uh, um, you know, having a new team and this new team doing well, and now I'm excited to see, you know, to see what happens with them. And that's exactly what this is what it should be. So, yeah, this was all very good stuff. And like I said, when we got to the end of Raw, which we did, you know, The Miz came out after this and defeated everyone, I felt like everyone had been put into a good position and everyone felt like uh, felt like a big deal. And I think that's, you know, I think that's really important. I felt like we're building to the Raw Rumble and I felt like we're building to the Raw Rumble well, which is why I thought it was a good episode of Raw. And when it was done, I thought, you know what? I enjoyed that. And that is what it's all about. If I enjoy it, I'm a happy man. I also think WWE in a great position now because where are we with the ninth we're on today? So literally, the, the anniversary of Raw is in two weeks' time. So we've got one episode, the other episode. No, wait, is it the twenty? That's the twenty-second, isn't it? Oh, I've got to look it up. Why am I so stupid? Raw twenty-five anniversary. Dun, 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 is yeah Monday twenty second, so it's not next week. It's the week after. So all you got to do is get through next week, and you can have a barrel of laughs on that show, and then we just head into the Raw Rumble. I like it. I think WWE's in a good position. I think they could do really well out of this. I mean, who's going to win the Raw Rumble? I actually don't know. I mean, you have to assume it's from the SmackDown side if Roman Reigns is going on to face Brock Lesnar. You cannot have Roman Reigns win the Raw Rumble again. Meaning if that's the Raw side of things, the SmackDown uh, person has to win. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that in a couple of weeks, the week before the Rumble. You never shoot your load too quickly. Because when it does happen, sometimes people get upset. And let's face it, it happens to us all. But yeah, a good episode of Raw. Um, I don't think. Well, the other thing we should probably talk about before we before we bring it to the end is the fact that it does seem like Chris Jericho is now going to do an extended run in New Japan, which is very exciting. He attacked Naito on the New Year's Dash show, which happens twenty four hours after Wrestle Kingdom twelve. And given how much fun, I think Dave Meltzer said that over and over again, and I think it's quite clear that apparently Jericho is just having the time of his life. You know, given how well he did, given how good the build was, given his reactions, given the kind of back and forth that Naito and he got into on social media. I think he's absolutely made the right choice. I'm sure he's making a ton of cash. Uh, him doing this, um, what do you call it? Uh, you know, doing this away from the WWE actually does make him feel like a bigger star. He said that was his plan, and it really does because he feels like a reinvented character. So, you know, overall, he, I just think he's fantastic. I think it's a great, and I th- honestly do think this will help. I, I imagine he'll go back to WWE. I don't think it's going to ruin him entirely uh, in terms of the relationship he has with Vince McMahon. I'm sure he's run it by him. But none, if nothing else, he could come back feeling like a bigger superstar than he ever has done and in a more serious role because this new character feels like that's just kind of the, the vibe that he fits in. You could argue this is his best, best role and run ever, but that's a different conversation for a different time. But yeah, I think he's absolutely smashed it up to Wrestle Kingdom. I'm happy he's staying around. And I think when all is said and done, this could be uh, 
I, this could be the defining moment for Chris Jericho that kind of underlines maybe you never thought he was a Hall of Fame before. I don't know. But to me, everything he's doing at the moment feels like it's pushing him into that category. And I think that's awesome. And I'd love to see Naito v. Jericho. I'd love to see what they, I'd love to see Naito versus Okada, Naito versus Tanahashi. Just be there the whole year. Then come back to WrestleMania 35. I think that would work wonders for everybody involved. But there's only one way to find out. And that's to sit back, relax, and see what happens. So that was Monday Night Raw. Uh, we kind of touched on the 25th anniversary, talked about New Japan, Jericho, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you come back tomorrow to subscribe or do whatever you want to do to make sure you get a notification when we do the SmackDown stuff. Plus, there'll be a Q&A episode, Q&A episode that goes up sometimes quickly. Otherwise, if you are on the YouTube channel, like, share, subscribe, youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules. Follow me on Twitter at Simon316. If you do have a dollar to spare, please head over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. It really does help with the running costs of all of this and just my life in general as you can imagine uh, and yeah just go out there have a lovely day say something nice to someone see if they respond in kind and if they do you're going to feel better and it's just going to be smiles all around and that will be lovely that will be lovely for everybody involved and also the exciting thing about where we are now is what is going to happen on tomorrow's smackdown you've got to imagine that we're going to get some kind of big build up between daniel bryan shane mcmahon who else aj Styles, Sami Zayn, kevin owens you know the rumor now is it's all a big ruse and that Shane McMahon is actually going to go heel. And the fact that it looks like Daniel Bryan means that he's not. And I'll tell you what, SmackDown's smashing it right now. Really excited to see what they're going to do at the Royal Rumble. I think the Royal Rumble is shaping up all right. AJ Styles in the handicap match. Good. Triple threat match universal title. Feels like it'd be a bit crazy. Good. Royal Rumble's always good in some sense. Women's Royal Rumble should be good. You know, as, as much as I can't believe we're seeing Rollins and Jordan versus the bar again, maybe with Titus Worldwide, they can still put on good wrestling matches. So it's hard to be annoyed about it too much. And it's the one time of the year where you, you could get surprises. Who knows? And maybe we go into the Royal Rumble knowing that we are actually going to get John Cena versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 34. None of these are that bad. And sure, it may not be, you know, it may not be New Japan 12, depending on what you like. But I still think it's a lot of fun. And I still enjoy the stories WWE are putting out there. I am glad that WWE exists. Anyway, if you are on iTunes, give us five stars. Give us a review. And I will chat to you again in around about 24 hours time. That's the aim. Hopefully my camera will be fixed by then as well so you'll be able to see my stupid face. Everyone likes to see my stupid face. But either way, said that weird, have an awesome Monday. Monday? It's Tuesday. Damn it. Damn it.